your host, Eric Balance, and this is the Resilient Minds Podcast. Join me as I explore the capabilities of our minds and how our X Factor can become our Y Factor. Now is our time. Welcome, everybody, to the Resilient Minds Podcast. I'm super privileged, very excited to be here today with a dear friend of mine, Maria. Maria, welcome to the show. It's an amazing to have you. I know we've been talking about getting you on here for a while now, and it's just nice to like really reconnect with you. We haven't seen each other for, it's been almost a month. Yeah, yeah, it's been a month. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and get to catch up live with you, right? <laughs> I know. It was like before we hit record, it was like, hold on a second. I got to, you know, I was, we were talking so deeply. I was like, hold on, let's just record this because it's mm-hmm. like, this is going to be so much more um, of a value add for everybody else. So, those of you that are tuning in um, live on Facebook or, you know, coming on, watching the podcast, um, I'm really excited to have you because those of you that know, I went to Ecuador a couple months ago or a month and a half ago, and Maria was the one that actually was a pivotal um, person that guided me to that huge uh, life-changing journey for me. And we totally, like... We knew each other online. We connected. She was like the sister, amazing, you know, like soul sister. And we just like totally were able to resonate and connect in a deep fashion. And all of a sudden, the ducks aligned. And, and, I, and I, I'm here. I'm in Ecuador with Maria. You know, we're doing this beautiful fucking retreat halfway across the world. And it was just beautiful to, to be able to have that experience. So we're going to go real deep today. And But before we do, I want you guys to know what this amazing, beautiful woman is doing in the world because she is not only, you know, super spiritual, well-connected in herself and others, but she's like crushing life, you know? She's absolutely crushing life. She's a student of the divine feminine who successfully blends, you know, her amazing spirituality with her actual business, the journey back to the soul. She's a full serial entrepreneur and multifaceted modern day woman whose skills, you know, and, and include, you know, these holographic sound healings, Reiki, coaching. She grew up in the state of Florida where she graduated from FIU with a bachelor's in criminal justice and a minor in business. And she's been a licensed real estate agent and interior designer for over the past five years. And is now a level two Reiki healer or practitioner. For the past year, Maria has been working extremely closely with a lady by the name of Millie Andrade from the Sonoran from the Sonoran Desert of the Comsti AAC community, who are the guardians of the Otak medicine, or known as Code Medicine, as it's known worldwide. So while she's been cultivating all these tremendous practices, you know, she quickly learned that her healing journey was a pathway into her purpose, as many of us really work on, you know, with a passion for self-growth, she's really discovered this power of plant medicine in 2018 and hasn't looked back. And, and that was really 
a pivotal component of how we've met. You know, she's taken a deep dive into the spiritual arena and has found her true calling as a healer using sound and, and, and energy along with plant medicine as tools to heal not only herself, but more importantly, after herself is able to cultivate that and, and support others. So again, welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. It's it's always so funny, you know, hearing it from another person, and it's like, oh my god, that is me. <laughs> it's crazy how our journeys continue to like just evolve. And you know, it, the other day I was reading, um, I was just finished up Matthew McConaughey's book. Oh my god, so good, so good, right? Did you did you Holy read it or did God. you listen to it? I, I listened to it. And so, it was, and, and, you know, like with his like energy and the way that he can like, you know, storytell. Mm-hmm. It was such a like defining experience for him and like his, his amount of personal development and growth. And hearing his story, it, like, there's so much resonance there for me. Mm-hmm. And I find that so often when we listen to ourselves, you know, our our own experiences through the eyes of somebody else, like, because, you know, so many of us are mirrors to one another. Um, it really becomes, it's so inspirational because you're like, you're seeing people of your own puzzle really being attached to another person's experience of their life. So for me, I'm really excited because, you know, we've been on such this profound, exciting journey together. And we're going to get super deep here right away. But like what I always share with everybody is these experiences of our lives, they are cultivated for us in such a profound way that they allow us to receive or and when when i say receive receive from you know divine from the quantum from our creative selves from our heart our why our mission our purpose and i always talk about this on like the resilient minds podcast because i truly believe that whether you're a healer a healer uh uh, you know, a business person, uh, uh, entrepreneur, whatever, like doctor. At the end of the day, I really believe that as a result of our experiences and following this why that's cultivated and created within ourselves, we offer medicine to the world. And it doesn't need to be plant medicine. It's the medicine of communication, the medicine of connection, the, me- me- the medicine of co-creation. And well, we are our own medicine, you know, so literally just by being, we're giving medicine. And I think that that's one of the things um, is extremely powerful in the resonance of how you do a lot of your work. And you be a lot, you know, and I know that, you know, we actually were talking about so much doing before we got on before we hit air and what i wanted to really ask you you know as a result of doing 
how or was there a moment where you realized, holy cow, I'm doing so much. How do I need to step more into being myself? And was there a pivotal moment where you realized, wow, like these whys are coming and being downloaded like to me, you know, from the grace of all these different spirits. And was that a defining moment in your life that allowed you to now continue to carry on to the spiritual practice that you, you continue to cultivate? Yeah, so, um, mm. <laughs> so it really starts, um, since I was a little girl, I always just was driven by success, you know, um, you know, at 16, I was already holding two jobs. Um, at 17, I had my first car, uh, by 18, I was working three jobs by 21. I had graduated with my bachelor's in criminal justice, and I was just following the blueprints of the way I was raised you know so you have to go to school you have to graduate you have to get engaged then married then have kids and just following that path and I realized that when we're so not that being driven and successful is wrong but when it's used as a means for a void that's when you should probably rethink why you are wanting this success because there comes a point where how much more success do you want? And if you're still at that point, not happy and fulfilled, then it's a void. And that's exactly what happened to me. You know, I reached at 21 years old, I was a real estate agent, killing it in the business, making six figures, every dream that I wanted, I had, I was at that time engaged and um, soon to be married. And there was so much unhappiness there. Um, and I think that was the, the point of where I said, what am I doing? You know, I fa we fast forward to two years later, I, uh, I married my ex-husband and then we got divorced. Um, and really that was like, you know, Ramda says, suffering is the vehicle to awakening. And that was the, what have I been doing this whole time? Because I was so in a rush to meet the timelines of society of like, okay, do this, then that, then this comes after. And so, and so I wasn't, first of all, I wasn't stopping to enjoy, um, but also I wasn't diving deep into what did Maria really want? What is she lacking within so that my, my cup can be full and therefore I could pour to what to others. And I found myself in a relationship that was extremely toxic and it all stemmed from not loving myself and not filling my own cup first. So whoever, whatever man, which happened to be my ex-husband at the time, could come into my life and give me love, security, support, and everything I wanted, which was that family, then you're the one I'm marrying. It wasn't like I fell in love with you and I choose to marry you. Um, so that it was very conditional. Really yeah yeah so that was the beginning of um of understanding that like you could be successfully rich you know in mm. business and then spiritually bankrupt and I so may i ask you something and i don't mean to cut you off but i just like really got curious here um this powerful question do you think when there's conditions in an experience like that, a relationship like that, do you think that that becomes a condition on yourself as well? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, oftentimes that I'm experiencing that now, you know, and we'll get into this later, but I am now with a partner where there are no conditions and I'm realizing the difference because we, we really, we learn unconsciously learn that we do. I love you if, and there's that if always there. Um, and so it's not unconditional love. And in essence, you know, the Lakota talk about Lakota tribe talk about um, there are three kinds of dreams. There's the daydream, there's the nightmare, and there's a sacred dream. And the daydream is about, um, okay, I want that car. I want that love. I want marriage. I want kids. I want. And it talks a lot about I am and I want. Then the daydream turns into a nightmare because that want, it's going to end, you know, whether it's um, a partner that the soul contract ended, Ooh. whether it's that card that has expired, you know, and now you got to give it in, whether it's that job that you wanted so bad. And once you get it, you're like, I've been doing this for 10 years, and I'm exhausted. So it's all going to turn into a nightmare. However, once you find that sacred dream, there's no longer I am a real estate agent, I am a this, I'm a healer, I'm a shaman. No, it turns into we are. And that is when you realize it's a dream that is far beyond you. It's a dream that's never going to end, you know, a Martin Luther King kind of dream. Um, that seems like it's unattainable on your own. But that's why it's a sacred dream, because it takes you your whole life to walk it, you know, this is not a race where there's a finish line. This is a journey that we continue to walk on. Um, and so I bring that up to bring it back to your question, the love and the, uh, the conditioning, you know, um, when you learn to whether it's love or be with conditions, then there's always that like potential daydream turning into a nightmare. Absolutely. Because there, it's not coming out to becoming the outcome that you had literally set in your brain. And I literally, it's so fascinating. Like I literally was talking about this earlier today and you, you we, we create so many of these like decisions and, and like in my team like i'll speak for myself of course in my team you know what the clients need what you know what what my day should look like what what you know we moved i moved in after i just got back from joe dispenza and then we went to the house with a bunch of great people and like you know what my room should look like where i should be staying like and like we we make these decisions in our brain prior to it actually outcoming and then we become unsatisfied because we've created an expectation in our mind and the unknown comes and it either doesn't fit those conditions better or worse and we get ex excited or or you know upset but what i'm noticing is the level of awareness that is created when we get we, when we learn from a surprise rather than a disappointment is so much more powerful right because i find in my own in my own experience of life is like this these are the moments that we need to actually recognize if we stop, if we allow those surprises, if we stop making expectations, we're going to create surprises. And those surprises are going to be so much more exciting for us. So 
to me, it's like, we need to stop creating these nightmares because so many of us do, myself, probably number one. <laughs> I mean, you were, you were right there in the midst of my nightmare, so. <laughs> Juicy. <laughs> right? Like, and, and having, having those, those, letting, letting go of that, you know, um, how do you allow yourself to step out of the, 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 the daydream or the nightmare, so to speak? You know, how, how is that something that has allowed you to cultivate your own spiritual awareness in your daily practices? Letting go of expectations and truly surrendering to what life is throwing at you, you know, and it's easier said than done. But as you continue your path and you realize, I forgot who the, who the, um, who says this, but it's a quote basically explaining that if you find a lot of synchronicities throughout your journey, then you're doing the right thing. If there are no synchronicities, then you're walking the wrong path. And so as you align yourself in that path where you're finding synchronicities, you're trusting that you're doing the right thing. So when something quote unquote bad comes up, rather than seeing it as bad, you're saying, what a gift, what is this teaching me? And just truly surrendering to that, because as long as you're within your truth and operating from a place of love, the path is only coming forward. Uh, understanding too, that without darkness, there is no light because you wouldn't know the difference. So when that darkness comes, truly you know, embodying it and saying, what is this teaching me? And I've had moments when it's like, fuck, like it happened just last week. I had this big party um, that I was invited to of a, of a very well-known person. And it was, you know, just so looking forward to this and, uh, you know, had to take a COVID test for it. Um, and so they were offering the COVID test. And as I went to take the COVID test, me and my partner, we got a positive and we're like, that's silly. We go test somewhere else. We get two negatives. Um, unfortunately, because this was such a high profile party, they said, we can't take the risk because of the people there and you already you know had one positive and i literally flew out to austin for this specifically and so did my partner and so we missed like the party of the century and we were so looking forward to it and at that point it's like wow like my first reaction is like all i've done is be nothing but service of people help people you know, heal themselves and find so one night that I want to have for myself and I can't have it. And like automatically I can go into all of that and develop that story or I can say, okay, well, what is this teaching me? And it's teaching me that sometimes things happen that are out of control, like getting a false positive. And like, all you get to do is pivot and accept it. And it's not the end of the world. And this person will have another party. Um, but also I looked at it and it's like, huh, it's remaining humble right? Because since we didn't go to that party, it gifted us the beautiful chance to sit with other people who had sat just in ceremony with us. And, and they were like, this is funny, because one of the guys comes up to my partner and says, I know your frustration. But just like you were so looking forward to going to blanks party, we were, we're, we're so looking forward to having you here. And it is on our honor to have you here. And it was like, mm. Wow, like, thank you for bringing it full circle. So it's just, you know, to, to, to uh, close that question is, 
releasing expectations and just operating from a place of love. And when I do that, I feel like I'm in alignment and whatever gets thrown at me is just adding um, at the time is a wound that turns into a scar and it's just adding to my wisdom. Oh, love it. You know, wisdom. I love that because I feel like we all have the knowledge or we start to go out there and create the knowledge, but it's, it, the wisdom never happens, seldom happens, unless we have the gap. When the gap is the experience. So it's like, you know, like you just said, you know, you've had these, the, you've had this, you know, this knowledge of like how I should show up or how I should, you know, not have expectations or, but like once you're in it, in the experience, it's fucking hard. Yeah. It's, it's so fucking hard to like release or let go or whatever. And it's, it's once you, you break through that experience and sometimes it like, you know, takes me a few times to learn apparently <laughs> these, these 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 tests or these experiences and and so the wisdom doesn't come sometimes immediately sometimes you got to be put through it's like that old story is like you know the universe will show up you know at first it'll, it'll like tickle you the second time it'll like you know bump into you and then third time it'll like fucking throw a storm at you and until you you start really creating this this level of wisdom so I think that that has been a pivotal experience. And, I, and I, what do you think? Like, do you think that there's so many people out there that as we are able to, you know, do the work, right? Like, you know, continue to create and understand this knowledge. Do you think that there's just way too many people out there maybe seeking constant knowledge and not really ascertaining the experience so, so they can actually define that? Or maybe... Are they going through that regular understanding of knowledge, going through the experience and just reversing back to their past selves rather than developing their future kind of idea to create wisdom? Well, I'll speak for myself. Um, and this is great because it brings it back to your original question at the beginning. And it's that um, we can really get stuck in doing um, and it's almost like by doing, you're showing your sense of worthiness. And that really like, I did that. I was that person where it was like, if I don't continue to do, then I'm not worthy. Then I realized, well, I'm worthy by just being human, by just being here on this earth, I'm worthy. So I, I, I went through that. But, you know, um, I was at some point just like wanting to learn, 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 whereas books, experiences, and not integrating and incorporating, and that's where the wisdom comes in. Um, so it's beautiful, you know, for those listening that you are wanting to fulfill your left brain of knowledge, understanding, and all of these different things, but um, there's only so much, and you can, you can take in without living through it, experiencing it yourself, and then you get the greater understanding as to why. And a, a beautiful way to put it is, I, I mean, for those that don't know, I'm 24 years old. I'm a baby, um, but I'm very far <laughs> ahead of my and years. And crushing it. And crushing it. And crushing it. Thank you. Um, but, you know, for the last two years, I was just like 
oh my God, if you saw my library of books, I've been reading books back to back, listening to audiobooks, attending events and just filling my head. And there was a point where I was like, oh my God, I'm not being able to grasp all of this information. And I felt like it was frustrating because it was like, imagine paying to go to Dr. Joe Dispenza and you can't grasp all that information and, and, and continuing to do that with you know other events and whatnot. And it's like, okay, I'm not being able to grasp all the information. And it just dawned upon me that, well, because you are just fast forwarding everything, you want all the experiences. Now you're not taking the time to integrate each one and apply because Uh when we apply is when we learn how to speak of it. Right. And so, um, I was, I knew all of this. I would, I would write down notes about it, but then I would get on a podcast and it's like, I forgot well, once you embody it, it becomes a part of you. So it's not like you have to go back and reread because you embodied it and experienced it. And, and I love that you're saying that. There's so much in, in, in importance of integration and, you know, repetition. You know, Tony always tells us all, you know, repetition is the mother of skill, right? And, you know, doing these things on a repeated basis is not a bad thing having the audacity to go there and repeatedly execute is also not a bad thing. So it's super important in my, you know, in my opinion to yes, integrate, because if we're always sitting in the quantum field, then our physical space and our physical reality, we're not actually honoring what we're learning in the quantum. You know, we're not honoring the gifts that are being downloaded through us, you know, as we continue to meditate or become creative and honor our creative centers, you know, our heart, you know, our brain, or, you know, our pineal gland as, 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 you know, Dr. Joe says, or, you know, like it, it, it doesn't allow us to identify with the, our truest potential of self. If we do not. Um, so it's like, where is that balance of being and doing and how has that worked for you finding that balance? Um, I think that my biggest work has been patience and trusting. And so I think that aligns to finding that balance and it's, you know, I, being okay with, okay, today's a day for just me to not necessarily even read a book because even reading a book is doing, but like just going to the sauna or getting a bathtub, you know, just be, and then these are my days for doing. And that's, I mean, it's, it's a work in progress. I can't tell you that I've managed it because I'm still working on it. And sometimes, but it's a beautiful shift because when you understand the masculine and the feminine energies and which one you're tapping into it's beautiful to just see yourself like, holy shit, all I've been doing this week is literally doing. So I'm definitely fully in my masculine. So let me bring more feminine stuff. And so what is feminine that I can do? Let me paint. Let me, um, I don't know, go for a run. Let me do some yoga. What can I tap into to bring that balance back? And when you're able to define the two as masculine and feminine, you can know which one you're needing more. And becoming comfortable with both. I mean, for those listening that are not aware with these of, of these energies, just because you're a woman doesn't mean you have to be in your feminine. And just because you're a man doesn't mean you have to be in your masculine. And feminine doesn't mean weak and masculine means strong. Um, so I think that has been uh, pivotal for me to be able to manage that balance. And like I said, I'm still, it's still a work in progress. 
Absolutely. And, and, you know, going back to, going back to masculine feminine, I can vouch for that. I think it's important as, you know, whichever energy your four is at to be able to really understand, vouch for that, you know, I have experienced that is it's super important at your core to be who you are always, you know, but to find that ability to, you know, play with the energies and be playful and find that, you know, fun feminine or masculine with your feminine. Um, the divinity is, you know, divine energy is, is feminine in its nature, right? And it brings us my hallucination. No, not my hallucination. My experience has allowed me to see that the divine in us is the loving intelligence that allows us to be, you know, to create, to manifest, and to love so passionately, you know? Um, and, and honoring oneself in that way is so important. And this will now bring us to the retreat, right? To Ecuador. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How as like, and you know, you know, you know, when I got there, like who was fucking air, air, I was masculine as fuck when I walked in that, in that place. I like, I, I don't know. I know for myself, it was like, and immediately I got burnt. Literally. Literally. <laughs> Uh, and I have to say, like, you know, Ecuador was a life changer for me, especially in so much of the shifts of like seeing from the first day how much work that I needed to do was such a profound gift. And it was directly with this level of energy, with this level of, of understanding, like, where do I sit at my core and why do I keep having this fucking mask put on myself so that I don't allow myself to like find that divine in myself because I can never see it in anybody else if I can't see it in myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, to me, that was like such a profound journey. And for those of you that are probably wondering, like, what do you mean you got fucking burned? Like what's going on here? So Shall I share the story or do you want to share it? Up to you. Actually, I'd love to hear it from your perspective. Because that's, oh, even, that's probably even more powerful. And then I could like... Yeah. So, so, Add, so yeah. Yeah. Please. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Um, it's interesting because you and I haven't had a chance to really talk fully on it. So it's going to be the first time we talk about it and it's live. But... Yeah. Um, Alex, my partner had a similar experience as yours. It just wasn't burning, but it was similar. And I'll explain how now, but basically, so at the beginning of the retreat, there's a thing that we did, which is called, it's a, it's a sweat lodge. Um, and um, uh, it's basically the mother's womb. So you're connecting back to the mother's womb um, and is a, tippy with a covering and inside there are some rocks and it's a total of seven rocks um bringing in the different directions and the elements and whatnot and you go around it and you're sitting there and it's just like a really 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 hot sauna where it's it brings it it, it, it 
fuses visions of going back to your mother's womb and the feminine because of it, because of how hot it is. And so, you know, it's the first day there. And so the men are like ready to show their masculine, how, how they can handle it. And so Alex and Eric are there Um, again, Alex being my partner and Alex, I think before, before you get burned, Alex gets out. And this is four rounds because it's the four, uh, the four elements. So Alex gets out, I think in the second round and he's like in his head saying, I'm a total, a total failure. I couldn't do this. You know, you're supposed to last all four. He stays back out. He comes back in later because he's allowed for the third round. And in the third round is when Eric can handle it anymore. And oh, the fourth, it was the fourth. It was the fourth. Okay. On the fourth, Eric can't handle it anymore. And he like, just like throws himself. And for those who have seen Eric and, in, in, you know, in person, he's pretty built. <laughs> so like this built man throws himself into the fire because he's trying to get out of the one little hole that there is to get out. And we're all sort of like keeping him from the fire. His ass gets burned, his back gets burned. And we're like, <laughs> like getting him out. And then you wanted to come back in. Now, hold on. So I'm going to stop you here because this is the best part. So, so you guys are hearing it from her perspective, which is amazing. So now during this time, right, during these, just so you guys know, these, these rounds are extremely like, they're pretty intense. There's like hot steam. And the fourth round comes around and I'm like, I'm fucking like feeling it like deep. And I'm like super, like I'm thinking, you know, meditating, I'm taking the breath. I'm thinking that like I'm totally in control, which is bullshit, of course. And so when you walk into the fire, I was so when you do this circle, I was in the arrow of the fire. So there's a fire outside and then there's the the hot stones in the inside. And then I'm right on the other side. So literally right across from the door of the entrance to getting into the sweat lodge or the Tamascal. And I'm sitting there and I'm feeling every single time this energy. So when the, when the shaman's dropping water, I'm feeling all the heat immediately. Like it's like, it's coming at me and it's like super powerful. And then all the fire that's being projected from the outdoor is also the energy source of that is, is being projected onto me as well. So there's just so much energy coming into me and I'm breathing all this shit in guys. Like I'm, I'm, I'm meditating like a hardcore, like, Help me, you know, God, help me present, help me creator, help me self. Like this is, this is intense. This is really intense. And I've never had, and I've been in Temascals or Sweat Lodges before, but this was by far the most intense that I've ever felt. And there was a moment where I was doing the breath so powerfully. And I was like, like my body was going up and down. I was like, literally like using my body to, to try to cool me off somehow, you know, subconsciously. And my body literally, there was a moment where my body had become my mind and my mind had gone unconscious. So when, when, the, when, when, when Maria is saying, you know, all of a sudden, Eric, it was not my mind. It was like, I was not present. It was my yeah. body reacting. And it was super profound because when I got out, apparently I was aggressive and I tried to come back in. And I don't remember this at all, which is really yeah. fascinating. And in the meantime, I like burnt my whole masculine side. I burnt the masculine side of my body. I burnt my whole masculine back, like back and my butt. Literally my whole butt cheeks, like still fucking pink. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, to talk about how powerful the mind is, um, the, the brain doesn't know the difference between something really happening or watching like a movie about it. This is why they say like scary movies, literally your mind is in a fight or flight feeling because it feels like it's living that or when you're replaying memories, you know, and Dr. Joe Dispenza talks a lot about this. When you replay memories from the past, your mind doesn't know the difference between it's happening again or it's a yep. new experience or whatever the case, or you're just remembering it. And so it goes into a fight or flight feeling and your body's not meant to remain in this state all the time. And I forgot why I was going over this. Oh, yes. <laughs> because so when you get out and we're trying to help you calm down, I asked that, and I mean, we'll get into this part later because there was so much medicine for me and what happened to you. Uh, it was so beautiful and profound, but you know, um, you know, Eric is fully in his experience and like no one's being able to calm him down. He's just jumping up and down and he's like, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. Like he said, he's not in his body. I mean, it's just, his mind has completely taken over, but the mind, so I asked to get a flashlight so we can shine a light in his eyes. Uh, his eyes are not dilating, which is an automatic response of his brain is not responding. Like he's in a loop. That's what we call in the medicine world, a loop. He was just going same circle. We're going to die. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. And he's just jumping up and down. And it was so beautiful to see because as Eric will share with you guys later in more depth, but his part of his intention was to receive, learn to receive the feminine. And so here's this like embodied feminine standing in front of him. And I'm like hugging him tight. And he's like swinging me like everywhere. And I'm like, Eric, receive, look at my eyes, please look at my eyes, brother, look at me. And this went on for an hour and the facilitators, he would get aggressive with them. So the facilitators literally like stepped back and said, Maria, handle it. And I was there with you until finally you came, you know, walking you through like your, my talks and whatnot and what I felt you needed to hear. And then we shine a light on your eyes again and your pupils dilated. And I remember so beautifully looking at your eyes again and telling you, hugging you and telling you, welcome back, brother. And you were like, yeah. <gasps> and it, was, it was, so powerful. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. That was, it was honestly um, I didn't, first of all, I didn't know I was saying we were all going to die. That, that's amazing. That, <laughs> I can't believe I was saying that. That's crazy. I had no idea. I thought I was saying like, my God, my God, my God, oh my God, oh my God. Um, you were saying, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. But then you got into, we're all going to die. I've seen it guys. We're going to die. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. No, I, I, I mean, wow. Because <laughs> I was having some profound visions. So like, it was scary. It was almost like it was scaring me. I was yeah. I was in a state of fear. I, I definitely recognized the innate power of the infinite, um, of of like what's available and the all knowing. You know, like I don't remember. I still don't remember the specifics, of course, because I was in this place of loop, like you said. But it, you're right. Like. I that was a long time that I was in that in that trance. I was in a trance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you guys, Maria, like really um, was there with me the whole step of the process. And you guys, I just want to emphasize that I had zero medicine. This was all to do with yes. the breath. Mm. This was all to do with the heat. This was all to do with 
elements of of like there was no plant medicine taken. This was like all just mind, body, spirit, you know. And go ahead. Uh, no, I, you know, that that's such a valid point to make. And I want to make a side note of that, because as people get into plant medicine, you know, as a healer, when, when we work with plant medicine, the medicine itself is just the tool um, that's going to do 50% of the work, but it's up to you to do the 50% of the work. And when we as facilitators are doing the work, we're healing literally from the other dimensions, we're healing from like, up there like it's probably like 20 percent 3d and 80 percent like fifth 5d um the cosmic healing um uh quantum i mean like we're 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 doing it from there and it's all through energies and tapping in so something like a temescal or a sweat lodge um you're dealing with energies and you know the breath and all these things that medicine actual consumed medicine is not necessary and it goes to show us how we are our own medicine and it's so important oh, yeah. and i can't stress that enough and being able to sit in these situations with uh, because most people are like yeah it's just a sweat lodge so i can sit wherever in a sweat lodge well you saw what happened in that sweat lodge and if it wasn't well um taken care of you could have died or another person could have died yeah. so really being careful of who you're sitting with because in this era we're entering where people are just like awakening consciously and we're all vibrating higher it is beautiful but at the same time there's medicines that are being offered without the right setting and sitting and people are not seeing what happens behind the scenes they just enter the medicine and they're like oh my god it's so beautiful now i want to facilitate it well you don't know what we did behind the scenes to keep you in that state of mind where you were not gone you know yeah and so uh, that is so important because uh, Santiago, the, the the like the main shaman, um, he's like, you are so lucky. And the fact is, guys, that that experience, you know, it, it, because of where I was sitting and how I exited and how my body reacted, that that I was I, I came out unscathed compared to what could have been. Right, because I was directly across from the door, and all, all like the way that I flipped over and like jumped out, and everything was divine. And then how my whole masculine side was the only person that was burnt. The beautiful thing here was that for the rest of the fourteen days, guess what needed to protect my ass, literally, while we were doing the rest of our ceremonies. I needed. I couldn't sit on my right cheek, my right butt cheek. I had to sit on my left, the, the feminine side. So the feminine was supporting me and Maria was a huge symbolism to that, 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 that first step of me receiving the feminine uh, when we were, when I was in that loop. And that was super profound. So, so, so what do you think when we, you know, as we continue to unfold through Ecuador and, and, and how, do you think that there's so many powers out there, like these medicines, even like you said, it doesn't need to be, you know, consumed medicine. It could be the, 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 the presence of energy, um, you know, spirituality, you know, connection, um, conversations, you know, these elements of medicine, how present 
do you need to be to receive them? Because I think there's so many of us that don't recognize because of our unawareness or our, our impotence of presence. Um, we don't see what's going on around us a lot. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, the medicine, and again, doesn't matter whether it's plant medicine or breath work or whatever the case, the medicine is always going to give you what you need, not what you want. Um, and, you know, in your case, for example, um, and the case of Alex, both of you came in with your very masculine, like ready to show the king energy, right, of who you are. And literally what the medicine was telling you, like, no, you're here to do work. So you got to take off that mask of strength and surrender and like really influence you and give you some of that feminine energy that was so needed. And like I said, the same thing that happened to you through the burns happened to Alex getting out of the tennis call early and feeling like a failure and understanding that no, you were your ego was just a little bit high up there to start. So really bringing down that ego so that you could completely open to the remaining 12 days of the experience, which is what happened to you as well. So it was really beautiful to see the two contracts and later hear that story from him. And, and like, I'm putting it together. It's like, wow, like you two experienced the same thing. Maybe you with a little bit more damage to your butt and back, but same, same. And so, you know, it's, it's about having intention, but not expectation and, and understanding that the medicine is going to give you exactly uh, what you're meant to have at that moment. What was your biggest takeaway uh, from Ecuador? Like 12 days, you know, just so you guys all know, we spent 12 days of almost medicine every day. Yeah. So anybody that's listening right now, like we did uh, ayahuasca, we, we did Yopo, we did um, the Temascals, we did peyote, we did San Pedro, um, we did Cambo, um, which, you know, uh, Maria is a, a practitioner in and, and a healer and very well, well, well um, very familiar with, with the medicine. So what was like your biggest experience or takeaway would you say from the whole, because we did, you know, we did a lot of deep work and, you know, and if yeah. you want to share multiple, that's totally fine too, please. Yeah. Um, I think that the first one and, and the reason why I said what happened with you and the Temescal was a really beautiful gift to me is because the asset continued to step into my powers. Um, there is that part of me that doubts that I have that. And it's been shown to me repeated times of these powers that I have, these gifts, that um, it doesn't make me any less or more special than anybody else because we all have powers. It's just a matter of finding them, embodying them, and training them so you can access them. And so, you know, part of me just feels like, oh man, like I'm not worthy of all of this that I'm that that I can do. You know, my intuition and and just that 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 ease that I can tap into the another dimension and heal from from there. It it, it just it's it's taken a lot of, it's been a lot of resistance from me of like, I don't think that I'm capable of that. And so being given the gift of when that happens to you in the Temesca, literally, I'm the only one that can help you and carry you through back to your body and 
a, a good state of being. And so it was almost, and, and seeing the facilitators who have been doing this for over 40 years, step back and give me the floor to do this was like a confirmation mm. of, of this. And it was such a beautiful gift to receive because a lot of the times I tie my age to this. I'm not old enough. I haven't been doing it for you know enough time, but to see this elders that have been doing this for so long and literally like allow me the space to work my magic and it work and see it this way it was really powerful and I feel like that's what carried through the whole time just listening to myself and trusting because and I'll share this experience shortly um, one of the nights in Yobo my intention going in is I want to be shown the path moving forward so that I can continue to help heal the world and at that moment, um, you know, I'm doing the Yopo and there's like this Hanuman, which is a monkey. He, and I later, later find out it was him because I just saw a monkey, right? The monkey comes to me and like, it's like eating me. And then he opens back up and with his paw, he's going like this and bringing like light from above. And then from below, mm. there's a being of darkness bringing darkness down. And in essence, what it's asking me is for me to choose. And as I choose the light, I ask, who are you? And it tells me I am God. And then that monkey turns into a Buddha and I see the Buddha and I'm like, okay, my practices are very indigenous. So I'm not very familiar with like Buddha and, and, and these things. Um, I know about them, but not like in depth enough to be like, oh yeah, you know, Buddha, this, 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 and that, and this is why you're showing up. So Buddha just shows up to me, but it's telling me I am God as I'm being given this like white energy. So then the following, um, you know, the, the, the following time that I do the Yopo, um, that I go up to do the Yopo, it's telling me yeah, like, so we did, we did a day or sorry, a night ceremony. And the second time we did a day ceremony. And mm -hmm. the biggest thing here, guys, just so you guys know a little bit about Yopo is Yopo is like a snuff. And so, so when, when, uh, Maria is sharing about this experience, it actually is a combination of ayahuasca uh, that comes from the Venezuelan tribe, and I don't remember the name. Do you remember the name? Yeah. So um, there's you. You have copy. You consume copy, which is the one of the components of ayahuasca, and that just allows you. That's the component that um, allows you to like um, not process through, um, and and that's the dizziness that you get. And then the yopo, it's five meo DMT, bufetamina and uh one other medicine that i can't think of so it's a very very strong medicine and it comes from Vene the venezuelan tribe do you remember the tribe's name i don't remember the tribe's name um it is Vilcabamba Bilca is the tree though Bilca yeah, yeah is the tree. so 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 i just want sorry i just wanted to give anybody that's listening a little bit of feed like uh context so they know what's, yeah. what's happening um so yeah, so so the second day in the daytime when we're doing the Yopo, um, tell us what how, what did that so, look like? Because I saw you, I saw you, and you were like totally cozied up by the river, you know, really like very close to to Santiago, who was singing beautifully throughout the whole ceremony. And um, tell me more. Yeah, so the second day, um, it's interesting because the first day they recommend you take at least two and keep coming up. However, I have a strong relationship with plant medicines. And prior to this, I was in Solterra in Costa Rica where I sat with Mother Aya. And, um, you know, I've, I've been giving these messages that I'm not ready to share uh, completely, but 
the the medicine is being abused and you know the the the, the less you consume of the medicine um the more easily you can act, because in essence, what the medicine is doing is allowing you to access your higher self. So the more sensitive you become to the medicine, the less you need uh, because you automatically tap in. So for me on the first day of Yobo, I'm like, I'm really good with one. I was able to tap in completely, but I understood how they said, well, the first one is the roughest. So the second one will actually get you in an experience. So the first day I only did one, but the second day, I do the first time and the first time does nothing to me. So then I go up a second time and two people, two indigenous, like in my vision, two indigenous come and give me the same white light. And I'm, and I'm asking, but like, how is this not, this isn't showing me the path. And it's telling me, well, what else do you want? We have given you rites of passage. We have given you confirmations of all sorts that you're in the right path and you're doing the right things. And we're going to continue to lead you, but there's nothing else you need to know at this time. And I was like, oh, fuck. Okay, I get it. Because the unknown. The unknown and not also the, not only the unknown, but here's something that happens often. And that's that, um, you know, there's people that do have a lot of trauma that they have to access and, and clean through in order to move forward. There's people like, and I feel blessed to, to be able to say this, but there's people like myself who, since I started so young, my, my uh, recovery and my remembering and my healing, there's some trauma I needed to, you know, address but not, you know, 30, 40 years of trauma, you know, 24 years of it. And so I feel that I'm at the point where I'm good. So when people are at this point where they're like, yeah, there's still work to do, but they're like, they've done the major work. There's two things that can happen. And this happens often. There is the person that will just continue to look for more trauma in order to move forward because they're like, oh, well, now I can look at ancestral trauma. Now I can look at this because they're afraid of what the unknown looks like moving forward. Um, or you actually take all your gifts and move forward. And so a lot of the times, and I'll speak for myself, uh, I'll find myself, you know, wondering of what's next for me, I'm afraid of it. So let me just go back and see what else I can work with in the past. And so it was literally me, it was literally showing me you've already done all that work uh, to get you here, there's no continuing to look back, there's moving forward, because now you're going to help heal a lot of people. And it's that like being afraid of that. Um, Because it's uncomfortable. We're not like my comfort, our comfort zones is where we know what we know. Do you feel like because it's like leading you in, like I said earlier, into the unknown, that it's like, well, fuck, I'm not sure of what that looks like. I just need to kind of trust. And so often, you know, as a human condition, you know, we come into this physical space and we need to have an outcome. Just like we talked about expectations, you know, we create these these outcomes in our brains, these expectations, these, these known facets of our, of our of what everything is supposed to look like. Oh, and now when we're being called, like you're saying, to, to a place where, oh, I need, like you said, even the, even the question, right? The pre, the, 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 the pre, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like the predeterminant of, of that question is very aligned of like, I need to know what the next step is, mm-hmm. um, rather than allowing something to just show up. Because all of a sudden it's like, 
you know, we, we, we have these goals or these definitions of what success looks like, or like, you know, what, what, what the outcome is supposed to be, so on and so forth. And all of a sudden the, the universe pops in like the unknown for you. That could be something that is even better, even better. And then you're like, oh, hold on. It's, you know, this is, this is, this is not associated with the outcome. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to wait, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of like what, it, what, it, what I'm hearing from you is the universe is, was providing something better for you, but it was mm-hmm. also asking you to, to trust, to have faith, not to know the outcome or the path Absolutely. or what the next step is, but rather giving you the grace of recognizing that you just can sit you can relax and i got you you know mm, absolutely and and granted uh again the prior experience um that i had in costa rica when i said to mother with mother aya and what i was you know the visions that i was shown of what the future which time is not linear so the future is happening right now um and so it can change you know everything is changing constantly but i saw what is happening and it was it was bizarre it was scary and it was like okay well i have this and what do i do with it so also there was that part of me of like i see what's happening already what are my steps to get there so my intention with the yopo ceremony was like to be giving the steps but they've pretty much already been given to me but so it's not only what you're saying of like trusting of the unknown and that it'll present itself it's also me doubting like Okay, well, I've already been shown that, but maybe I don't want to do that because it seems fucking scary and I don't feel it like I can do it. And that's the definition of a sacred dream. It's like when you pull tarot cards and you continue to pull the same freaking tarot card over and over again and you avoid it. You're like, why am I pulling the same one? Am I doing something wrong? Well, it's clearly trying to show you and teach you something that you're not addressing. So when that second yopo ceremony happens and i'm giving this message it's literally so first time nothing happens to me second time i go up and i do it i'm giving this message and then it goes away it stops working the medicine there's like nothing that's it and i'm like i clearly understood like i have spent two years of heavy work with the medicine it had shows me that i'm meant to work with it and help people but the most important part is helping them integrate these experiences so although they may come to me through the medicine the integration uh into society and doing the work and the habits built from that is really where the work is so it literally just stopped working for me and it was like you already know stop freaking accessing us for us to tell you what we already told you and it was like loud (laughs) that you know i i love I love what you said. So there's a couple of notes here that I really want to just point out. The first, the first thing is the first time I took ayahuasca, I was a disconnected, not disconnected. I was connected, but I mean, like, I feel like I was a lot less, you know, anyways, I had to take 10 cups of ayahuasca and it was like interesting because, you know, I thought, uh, you know, maybe like bigger, I don't know, whatever, whatever the story I kept telling myself. When I got to Ecuador and we ended up doing ayahuasca at the end of the retreat, I took one cup and I was on like a whole different paradigm. Mm. And so that really resonated with me what you said, because, um, 
through those months between the two ceremonies, there was a lot of work done in between. I mean, fuck, never mind just the two weeks that we were in Ecuador, but like a lot of work consistently done, you know, in my relationship, in myself, in, in now, in, the, in, in, in so many different dynamics. And to me, that was, there was so many lessons that were created over those two weeks um, through, you know, observe, observation, you know, like, like watching Santiago and his wife, uh, Jimena, and the way that like his presence of like sweetness was what he really always has been working on and the, the patience and surrender and like um, in her like presence and just absolute adoring the man and like when he would play in her face the light of her face when he would like sing and it allowed us to really identify to really create what is possible or allowed me to identify what is possible in such a beautiful experience of 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 you know a sacred sacred relationship mm. seeing you and alex same thing as this new version or new, newer relationship rather than santiago and jimena being for so long it was beautiful to watch you guys unfold and become way more into your own understandings you know, or, or sharing your understandings because I think it was, an, it was a, it was a powerful uh, way to not only obviously heal our predispositions that we've been used to from our own minds, like, you know, whatever you and, and, and um, Alex had been working on in your own selves, what, as a result of you guys sharing or being the way that you guys were, it like allowed me to see things from a different angle, right? Or, or look at Jimena and Santiago in the same way, in a different angle, you know, like it was super blessed because Santiago once said to me, well, not said to me, I think he said to all of us, I don't remember now. Oh, what's up, kitty cat? <laughs> um, I love cats. Um, uh, so, so Santiago said to me, you know, there's something that a woman can't see that, or a woman can see that you can't. And it's the same, same is true for the opposite, right? So that's why that you are not whole, Eric, until you have somebody by your side. Mm. And 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 I know that when, when he was talking about wholeness, he didn't mean the, the wholeness of my essence. He meant in the wholeness of spiritual like practice, of spiritual kingdom, of spiritual offering to to really fulfill the power of destiny. I love her. She is adorable. She is so adorable. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, but I'm sorry, her. it's a little bit interrupt interrupting you. No, it's not. Um, it's a beautiful presence. Um, Reminds me of my cat pickle. She saved my life back in the day. But the point is, what I'm trying to say is, it's fascinating how through experiencing one another's, we've been able to heal each other. And this is what I've always been talking about throughout the purpose of our lives is like, we are all healers by being and by living and by experiencing life. 
-hmm. we heal each other. Mm. Beautifully said. Absolutely. You know, by, and even taking it a step farther, by doing our own work, we're healing seven generations back, seven generations forward, and we're helping heal the collective, like you said. So. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So, Maria, you know, I think that, you know, I'd love to know, you know, and I won't take up too much more of your time, but I, I'd love to know how your work now like the process of what you do is showing up in the world. Like what's the process behind your work in how does your, you know, the values of what you do behind your work show up in your day-to-day? -day? Hmm. Okay. Um, so ugh, interesting question because, you know, going talking earlier about success driven. And so I was a real driven interior designer um, and there came a point where, so I got my certification in sound healing and then um, started working with Millie uh, on the plant medicines and things like that. And, and finding, I started finding my true purpose and calling. And as I was doing that, I felt like I was being split. Like I can't do both, you know, I can't give my time to both because there's only one of me. And at this time I was, um, and a mastermind called Fit for Service with Aubrey Marcus. And I'm on a call with Aubrey and I'm like, hey, Aubrey, like this is what is happening to me. And you've done it so beautifully how you've successfully gone from like you build on it, you were successful at it. And now you're fully like engaged in Fit for Service, which is like helping people become fit to serve. How did you do it? And he told me, well, the first thing you need to know is if you were to today um, end your career as a realtor and tier designer, um, would you feel financially okay to do the other thing and I said absolutely not and he said okay so then you would have to all of a sudden this purpose now would turn into like I need to heal this amount of people to make this amount of money to be able to put a roof over my shoulder so it would no longer be genuine and there would be the pressure of of uh making certain amount of money right um, and so really what you need to do is do both until it's no longer like it's a no-brainer where you have built this to the point where it has financially been able to take off for you without the pressure of I need, I need, I need. And so I, I, I you know, took that advice. And again, I started really uncomfortable, but learning to just flow and receive and be shown. And uh, one time um, during a rapé ceremony, and for those that don't know what rapé is, it's tobacco snuff. Um, and it comes from the Amazon's um either Brazil or Colombia. And I was sitting there with the rapé. I was having my own ceremony. I had a beautiful relationship with it. And it showed me the message of bringing the, the ceremony home to people, bringing these kits um, home so that people can create their own ceremony. And it's telling me like the how, it's showing me like everything, like just like boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, oh my God. So I start listening to it. And again, it feels like way bigger than I can accomplish. I'm like, okay, well, now I have to find the source. I end up finding the source directly from the tribes of the Amazons, Brazil. Um, I end up finding the man that makes I mean, everything just starts unfolding for me, even though I'm doing work because you got to meet 50%, but it's, it's aligning, it's being sent to me and I'm doing the work and, you know, 
months later, I created the journey back to soul, which in essence, that's what it is. We're bringing the medicine to people at their home. So it's these rituals, these sacred rituals that people get to carry on an everyday basis and um, help you connect within and understanding the medicines within, um, you know, because it's not always feasible or accessible to be taking these trips to Ecuador, Costa Rica, Colombia, Mexico, uh, and getting these big, huge experiences, which at the end of the day, you know, there should be some time for integrating those big experiences, but throughout the day, what integrates the, throughout the way, what integrates those big experiences is the daily rituals that you carry, uh, whether it's meditation, yoga, journaling practices. So that is what the journey back to soul is. And so we have kits that we sell for at home for you to cultivate your own practices. We put together medicine days and events. We have a community of people um that and coaching integration coaching to help um do the integration portion of after you know a psychedelic um and a ceremony and it has slowly evolved exactly as Aubrey said it would where there's no pressure um and it's just slowly showing me being able to go into this without without feeling oh my god if I don't heal this many people I can't you know so that's been the path you're on mute. <laughs> and it's growing every day and you're fulfilling your purpose. And that's the really beautiful thing. And it's, it's, it's continuing to evolve. So what's next for you with journey back to, or, or sorry, what's the, the journey, the journey back to soul. Yeah. Journey back to soul. And what's next for you as you, you evolve that and how can people find out more information about what, you know, the rapid kit, you know, Rape or Rape, depending on where you're from. Um, how can they find out more about, you know, what that is? Maybe get some knowledge on it. Maybe understand like what that 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 looks like. How can they connect more deeper with you to really learn more about, you know, what 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 you're doing and the brilliance that you're bringing to the world? Because I really, for any of you that are on here, you better go check Maria out. Follow her on Instagram. Okay. anything she, she delivers so much value she's a pure soul she's a heart center and she just really wants to serve so here's the biggest thing is helping her identify you know that at the end of the day there's so many of us out there that this type of work can help and you know sometimes it's beautiful to watch a, an amazing soul doing amazing work because as they step into their power and able to heal us, right, and support us and continue to love on love on us no matter where we are in the world, it's amazing to be able to feel that because then you you see that in yourself, you know. So and I personally, you know, I I can firsthand say that this woman is an amazing soul that's been able to like <laughs> give me tons of love. So. So check it out, but 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 before I but 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 I want you I want you to really like break it down where where people can know more. How can they reach out? What's what's best for you? Yeah, yeah. So the the next steps for the journey back to soul is continuing to build the, these kids. Um, once a month, we'll be releasing new kids. Um, and the end goal, uh, we do put ceremonies, um, you know, every once a month or once every two months, we travel to Austin. It's between Austin, Miami right now. Um, but really if we're able to put to, uh, you know, ceremony elsewhere, we're looking into California. Um, that's the idea being able to bring the medicine to people and ceremonies as well. And as a kit for you to use every day at home, 
Um, the future, I, you know, I'm working towards, we want to put together retreat centers, um, one in Colombia, one in, in Austin and one in Miami as the hubs for people to go and be able to, you know, have that, have an overall round experience of what it looks like to you know, embody the medicine, take the medicine and carry the medicine forward uh, with you afterwards. Um, yes. And so to find me, uh, you can follow me. My personal Instagram is Maria Camilla Betancourt uh, underscore. Um, and then you can follow the journey back to soul at the journey back to soul or simply go the journey back to soul.com and everything will be there. My personal, the actual Instagram uh, of the company and we'll put all the events there. You'll see if you subscribe, you'll get a monthly letter of what's new. Um, and once you purchase a kit there, you get access to our community of people where I put journal prompts and like, literally I'm at your disposal, whatever you need. Um, and other people are there as well who have been through the same experience as you. So. I love it. So make sure you guys go check out the, 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 the website, um, because there is just so much and I, and you guys listen, just so you guys know. Maria and I could probably talk for the next like four hours, right? So just, there might be a part two at some point, definitely. Um, but like you know, this is you know, I want to make sure that we're 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 being very focused on time. So to me, this was like a blessing, first of all, that we were able to like really dive deeper. And I didn't know a lot of the things about the experience that you had in Ecuador, which like we shared things, but like we didn't go this deep. So thank you for sharing. Thank you for being vulnerable and uh, very well. Like I received, you know, I'm, I'm learning how to receive. So I received that. So thank you. And do you have any, you know, you've shown us such a great path to success, you know, in your own experience, you know, do you have anything else you want to add? Do you want to, do you want to, is there anything else you want to, you know, final words? No, I, wanna, I would just like to um, acknowledge you and honor you because I have seen firsthand what happened in Ecuador and the man that walked in the first day and the man that walked out the last day. And I am just beyond grateful and honored to know you and to see your progress and how many people you're influencing by this, because as you're doing the work, you're expanding that room of knowledge, not just of what you're taught, but what you're embodying you're applying it to your everyday life and I see it so I honor you for that and and you know for everybody out there just I think the biggest takeaway of this is like yes let's do the work let's embody the work understanding that we're still human and things are going to happen and so it's okay and there's no light without darkness so just managing through oh it's so beautiful Maria I love you um I appreciate you I thank you and I can't wait to see you again. I love you too. Yes, I look. Maybe this time I'll meet you in Mexico. <laughs> yes, Salubia, you come. Beautiful. Yes. Yes.